You are listening to sermons from Church on Bayshore in Niceville, Florida. Our mission is to do whatever it takes to see people believe in Jesus, belong to God's family, and become who God created them to be, impacting the world for Christ. To learn more about our church and to find additional resources, including ways to connect, serve, and give, visit churchonbayshore.org. With you, I'm so grateful for the opportunity that we have to partner with people like Ostrom are giving uh, to uh, the cooperative program uh, that supports um, missionaries overseas. Uh, this week is a week of prayer for the IMB, and so uh, we're just uh, grateful that we get to be a part of what God is doing and that we have our very own uh, couple uh, from our church, family from our church, that'll be uh, heading overseas in just a few months. We're just so grateful uh, for that. Uh, praise God for just his faithfulness to our church and through our people. Um, At the end of November, uh, we have met and exceeded our budget for the year by $360,000. So, yeah, praise God for that. Uh, Hopefully, you've seen that we are allocating everything that comes in above budget, uh, 50% of that going to uh, reduce our debt. We have a debt of uh, $560,000 at the end of October, um, and um, that's of original $7 million project, $3.5 million of that taken out. We've made that first payment on the loan in January of 2018, Um, and so we... uh, really believe without question that we could pay that loan off uh, in six and a half years. That'd be this upcoming summer. But the reality is um, we're already $180,000. we are going to make a payment in November and December because we pay our bills. And so um, there's a reality that if, if God continues to move through our church in the month of December uh, in giving, that we could be celebrating the payoff of that at our vision night in February. And so praise God for that. And yeah, praise God. In addition, in addition, 25% of that is going to missions. A big portion of that will go to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering supporting the uh, International Missions Board. And another 25% is going to hit some ministry needs uh, that we have, like a new van uh, to replace the brown van. Or somehow I'll probably end up still being in the brown van somehow, but um, for our students and children. And so uh, there's a lot of needs out there. And so we just pray that God would continue to move through uh, our church and praise God for the way he is. And speaking of that, uh, we're excited anytime uh, there are those who decide to become members of our church and we do have some to celebrate who have completed the membership process with our church I I saw a bunch of them in here so if I call your name if you just stand and remain standing until I get done reading these names Uh, so joining our church family are Christopher Kelly Jackson and Aaliyah Brown Dimitri Tina and Mark Froloff Taylor and Kara Reeves Christian and Tori Sampson Billy and Julie Thompson, and Brian and Tara Thompson. So church family, if you rejoice at those that have come to be a part of our church, let them know that. All right. And you guys have to stay standing the whole first, ser- first service as a member. I'm just kidding. You don't have to do that. You're already not doing that. So you get what it means to be a member of our church already. Uh, hey, also, I want to invite you to Christmas Eve. That is three weeks from today. It is on a Sunday this year. We will have an 11 o'clock service, 2 o'clock service, 3.30, and 5 o'clock uh, gathering as well. All of those will have candlelight and communion. They'll be identical. The 11 o'clock gathering will have uh, a ministry available for preschool-aged children. So if I said any of that 
that wrong. I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure that's all right. We'd love you to be here on Christmas Eve and encourage you to invite someone who doesn't normally go to church with you because you might be surprised at how they would say yes. Well, we are going to be in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 this morning. Before we open our Bibles this morning, I want to encourage you to participate in our Advent Emphasis, which goes along with our Ready and Wait sermon series. So if you haven't already, grab one of these devotionals, which has something for you to read beginning today and leading up to Christmas Day. It is written by members of our church. And if you're going through this devotional and you're joining us for worship, I think you will experience a meaningful Christmas season. We are starting out this Advent series by zooming in on one verse, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 sets up the theme of verses 10 through 20, and it emphasizes an incredibly important aspect of our life in Christ. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Finally. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. The first word of this verse is finally, indicating Paul's conclusion of his letter to the church at Ephesus. When someone is writing, instructing, or telling a story, and they say finally, what they are about to say is important to their overall message. When my wife is giving me instructions and telling me what she needs from me or wants from me before I leave the house, I need to stop tuning her out at the end because the final thing that she says is what she wanted to say most. When someone is telling you how they feel, the final thing is often the only thing. And when someone is giving a thank you speech, the finalies are usually the best for last. The New Living Translation says a final word. Paul is saying that in light of the depth and the width of what I have written you about Christ, his purpose, and the life he has called you to live, I leave you with this. Finally, be strong. Be strong. From the womb to tomb, life is war. Your mind, your heart, your body, your home, your workplace, your church, everywhere is a field of conflict. John Piper once said that until Satan is finally thrown into the lake of fire, our peace with God will have to be a vigilant peace. Because, and take note of this, Satan will not be at peace with us if we are at peace with God. Satan will not be at peace with us if we are at peace with God. The tense of the phrase, be strong, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, emphasizes a continual state of empowerment and strength. We're going to spend more time in the coming weeks talking about the ways that Satan is waging war against us. But today, take note of the command to be strong. A theme of the Bible from the days of the wilderness to the days of the great tribulation to come is to be strong. Look, I'm a very practical person. I struggle with revolving my life around things that are unseen. But if you are pursuing the things of God, there are forces at work against you. Trying to get in between you and your spouse. Trying to discourage you from raising your children in the Lord. Trying to derail you from faithful giving. Trying to stop you from using your gifts to serve. 
trying to get you to never take that leap of faith and trying to make you quit. And these forces are constant. Now, some of you might be thinking, I don't experience any of that. And may I suggest that perhaps it's because Satan has no concern with you. If you're passive about the direction of your marriage, if you're following the ways of culture when it comes to parenting, if you're spending your money on having it all and experiencing it all with very little left over for God, if you use all your spare time for me time, if you're fearful to take any risk for God, and if you give up anytime people or circumstances present challenges, and your life isn't really invested in doing God's will, why does Satan want any of that to change? But for those of us who are trying to live our life for God, we will experience spiritual warfare. This is why Paul says, finally, be strong. But notice he isn't talking about arbitrary strength. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord. The emphasis of the command to be strong is in the Lord. It's not arbitrary strength. I admire that there are those who are looking for strength, who find it in the hope for the children or their children, in reactions to their opponents, or by some goal they desire to accomplish. But these are misleading motivations, and they give us false hope. Our strength is not found in how great our faith is or how great our dependence is. Our hope is in the strength of the object in which we trust. I was scrolling through the internet not that long ago, and I came across a website that had ladder fails. And we have some images here of people using ladders in ways that should not be used. So you see he has a small ladder, he has the little two by four, whatever it is there, and another big ladder on there. I mean, he's got the strap up there, so you know. Here's another one. Somebody in their house, uh, pretty, pretty high roof there, um, climbing up on that. And then my favorite is this one right here, where he has the front of the ladder on the utility box or meter in his house. Um, I'm sure that these guys, and I'm going to assume they're all guys that are doing this, are uh, very capable. And maybe, hopefully, they succeeded in all these moments. But the reality is the foundation in which they're depending on is not very strong. Do not depend on the wrong thing for strength. Look to the Lord for strength. Now, I want to show you two places in the Bible that tell us about this kind of strength. The first is 1 Samuel, verse 30, verse 6 in the Old Testament. And you can read around there to find out the circumstances in which David finds himself. But it says in verse 6 of 1 Samuel 30 that David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him. Because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. What we find about David in these moments where David is able to do significant things is his strength that he finds is from God. Here it says he strengthened himself in the Lord, not arbitrary strength. Now, when we become a Christian, we say 
Jesus is the way. We say Jesus is who I need. We say Jesus is our only hope. So when we live a life in which we have trusted in him, we should naturally be depending upon him as we go about that life. But we often set to figure out life, even as proclaimed Christians, not turning to God, who we have said is our only hope. Trying to find hope within ourselves or in our way. Be strong in the Lord. Another person I want to look at here is Joshua. And the words that God gave to Joshua as he took over from Moses and was about to lead the Israelites into the promised land. In Joshua chapter 1, Joshua is taking over for the man who led Israel out of Egypt and through the wilderness and leading them into a pretty scary place. And here's what God says to Joshua, Joshua 1 verse 5 through 9. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Being careful to do all according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong in the Lord. This is reiterated throughout the whole Bible. Considering what I have referenced and what Paul has said in Ephesians, I want to point out four things that define what strength in the Lord is. The first is that strength in the Lord is connected to the word of the Lord. Strength in the Lord is connected to the word of the Lord. It should not need to be said, but so many Christians read words in the Bible about the strength of the Lord from God, words from God, and then seek to have a strength not connected to the word of God. They even quote the word of God about strength and use it as inspiration to find strength from within inside. What God is saying to Joshua is he's saying, here's my word. Here's what I have promised. Here's what my law says. That's where your strength comes from. The book of Genesis tells us that God spoke... And that's why we have the world that we have today. When Moses asked God, who should I tell them that you are? He says, I am, 
I am. That's who I am. As we read through the letter in Ephesus, Paul has established who God is and the trustworthiness of God's word. That's what propels him to say, finally, be strong in the Lord. Many probably have fear and uncertainty and you're wanting to hear from God about that. If you want to hear from God, read this. If you want God to speak, listen to these words and read these words. If you want God to speak in an audible voice, read them audibly and hear what God has to say. Strength in the Lord is connected to the word of the Lord. Read it. Focus in on it. Be around believers who prioritize it. Be a part of a church that isn't regularly proclaiming how to have strength from within, which is new age philosophy. Be a part of a group of believers that say, our strength doesn't come from within, it comes from outside. It comes from God. And we need God's word to come into our heart and to find our strength there. And trust in it. Don't just hear it. Obey it. Apply it. Strength in the Lord is connected to the word of the Lord. Perhaps this morning, the strength that you're lacking is because you're not hearing from God. You're not prioritizing hearing from God's word. And that's the application to you today. Strength in the Lord is not only connected to the word of the Lord, it is also connected to the ability of the Lord. Strength in the Lord is connected to the ability of the Lord. Paul says in Ephesians 6.10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. The word might is connected to the ability to ensure force. It's connected to God's ability to do. Do you know who God is? God spoke everything you see into creation. By the will of God, all things hold together. God caused the Egyptians to release the Israelites from captivity and guided the Israelites through hazards and opponents and their mistakes into the land that he promised them. God preserved the line of Christ through all of the failures of Israel and the threats of other nations. When the wind and waves are raging, God calms them. When eyes are closed, God can open them. When there is a heart of stone, God can melt it. And when there is death, God can bring life. And here we are trusting in our own strength. We say, I'm single. I want to be with someone. So I'm going to ignore God's wisdom on the kind of person I should marry. And I'm just going to find someone. Or I'm going to ignore God's guidance on how me and this person who I want to marry should go about this. And I'm going to give myself physically and financially what I think sets us on the wrong, right foundation. We say, I want to be with this person and I want to be happy with them forever. So I'm going to trust in my feelings 
and my instincts for how to build a marriage or pattern it after some hodgepodge of television relationships. We say, I want to give my kids a good life. So I'm going to look to the schools and sports organizations and latest trends. I'm going to let their feelings rule my discipline and instruction. We say, I want to be financially free and at peace. So I'm going to spend money on the things I want. Or I'm just going to save up as much as I can. We say, I'm exhausted. And I need emotional and mental and physical health. So I'm going to look to whatever the current buzzwords are for psychology and kinesiology or even theology. Now, not all of these things are completely harmful. But here we are, constantly relying on our own strength and even using good things without the aim of the God who gave them to us. When a God who puts breath into your lungs and holds the earth into existence invites you into his purpose. Listen, God is able. God is able to help you search and wait for the right kind of spouse. God is able to build your marriage and God is able to repair your marriage. God is able to guide you raising your children in any culture. God is able to make all grace abound to those who give cheerfully. God is able to be your rock when your heart is overwhelmed. God is able and the strength of the Lord is connected to the ability of the Lord. The strength of the Lord is connected to the word of the Lord, the ability of the Lord, and thirdly, or third, strength in the Lord is connected to the purpose of the Lord. You all remember what Paul said at the beginning of this letter, but I'll read it in chapter 1, verse 15, just to remind you. Here's what Paul writes. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through 23. Paul says, For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know What is the hope to which he has called you? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? That he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Paul begins his letter by saying God is going to make his will happen. And his will is directed towards you. Righteousness, that's right relationship with God, is a position and it's a direction. 
It's where we stand with God and it's how we live for God. And defeated, but yet destroyed, Satan is still working to spoil the righteousness of God's children. He cannot change our position with God, but he wants to do everything in his power that our direction in life would not reflect that. But Paul says in verse two of the next, verse 10 of the next chapter, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has created us to walk in the will of God and to do the will of God. When you are in a place where Satan has or is attempting to get you off course, remember your strength is connected to the purpose of the Lord. And the purpose of the Lord is to do his will through you. God did not save you to become some sort of spiritual bench warmer or understudy or backup. God created you, designed you, gifted you, and empowers you to live a life that makes a difference for eternity. So get off your excuses, you thought I was going to say a different word, and start learning and doing and pointing to true greatness. Live a life that says, I'm going to do what I know to do for the one who reigns forever. Commit to that. This is God's purpose for you. Strength in the Lord is connected to the purpose of the Lord. Finally, and I started with that word, and I'm wrapping up with that word, and hopefully you paid attention and know that means what I'm about to say is really important. Strength in the Lord comes from the word of the Lord, the ability of the Lord, the purpose of the Lord and strength in the Lord is connected to the provision of the Lord. Strength of the Lord is connected to the provision of the Lord. As I said previously, our strength is not in how great our faith or dependence is, but in how strong the object in which we depend on is. And we shouldn't look to the wrong places for strength. I think even when we talk about Christianity, it's often based on a misplaced strength. I think this plays itself out in two ways. I think in one way, what we do is we look at others and their strength and we romanticize them. And we begin to put them on the level of God. And we begin to take our eyes off of God and look to what they did. And that's where we place our strength and our hope. People we've seen live on earth. And we do this with the Bible. But this is not what God wants you to read the scriptures and see. Turn with me, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to read verses 32 through 40 of Hebrews chapter 11. Here's what it says. 
after giving the hall of faith, like all these people who lived and did great things for God, here's, here's what the writer, how the writer wraps that chapter up. Verse 32. And what more shall I say? For time would not fail to tell me of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to fight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Let's stop there for a second. That's pretty impressive. So I look back on these people and how they lived their life and compare myself. And, you know, I thought I was doing okay. Just, you know, having six kids, which we've adopted some, we've kept them from killing each other. Uh, you know, some people said some mean things about me on the internet. And so I think I'm pretty good. And then I look at this and I'm like, man, these people have went through a lot for their faith and they've did a lot for their faith. And it could be easy to begin to base our strength on trying to become like them. But look at what he says, verse 39. In all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Verse 40, since God has provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. God has provided something better than an incredible example. He's provided himself. Holiness come to earth as a sacrifice of righteousness. Our strength is connected to what God has provided not in examples. And so when we fail in comparison or we feel good about ourselves, we remember our strength is not in how well we live. Our strength is in the fact that Christ died and lives again. And so we cannot do that. Another error I think we make is we begin to, kind of on the other side, we go the other way. And instead of looking at all the ones that have done good, we look at the ones who've done not so good. There's this thing going around the internet. It's, it's been around, I don't know who originally said it, but I, I saw it surfacing. If you put it, I didn't see that you put it. I'm sorry, but probably take it down after today. Um, and here's what it says. Go ahead and put that up there. The test of Christianity is not loving Jesus, it's loving Judas. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume the benefit of the doubt here and say that this person or people who say that 
we're thinking, hey, we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we love our neighbor as ourselves. So if we just say we love Jesus and we don't love people, then um, that's not real faith. I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume that, but we shouldn't say that statement because the real test of Christianity, it's loving Jesus. And when we begin to say, and, we forget how powerful God's provision for us is. And I think today some by feeling admirable about themselves, would pursue Judas and leave Jesus. Jesus is holiness. Jesus is love. Jesus is everything. And so I can't rescue Judas. Jesus can. And I need to stop living my life, trying to feel like I'm affirmed by doing anything other than bowing at the feet of the one who is able, the one who is the provision that I need. That's where the strength of the Lord comes from. And that's where we need to be looking this Christmas season and every day of our life is to Jesus. Martin Lord Jones said this, we tend to be always feeling our own pulses and talking about ourselves and our moods. You can put that quote up, it's pretty long. Forget yourself and your temporary troubles and ills. Forget them for the moment and fight in the Lord's army. You are invited into something that is bigger than you. That is your destiny. That is your purpose. That is your hope. Look, we are in our heads so much. Thinking about when we have failed. Thinking about what others are doing that we're not doing. Think about what others might say about us. And listen, it might be legit. You might have really messed up. And others might be doing some things that you're not doing. And others might say things about you. But the application is this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. That's bigger than your circumstances and that's bigger than you. And that's the invitation to your life regardless of what is going on. Don't let this spiritual warfare that tries to get in your head and distract you from the life that God has called you to live to mess with you. You guys are going to think this is funny, but it is surprising how often the words of Taylor Swift come to my mind when she says, and just think, when you're getting down about the liars and dirty, dirty cheats of this world, you could have been getting down to this sick beat. Listen, it's not about the beat that Taylor Swift sings, but I wonder how much of my life has been affected by me thinking about what others would say and things that I've done and mistakes that I've made and how people react when God has said, I invite you. I invite you to me. I invite you to live in the calling on your life. Stop. Stop letting those things discourage you. Stop letting those things distract you. They will be there. The haters will be there. The negative experiences will be there. The problems will be there. But I am here. That's what Christmas is about. He's here. He's coming back for us. He's taking us to be with him. That's our future. It's decided. That's our destiny. And the birth of Christ says, this is how you know. This is how you know I'm coming back.
because I came in victory the first time and you can't wait to see what it's gonna be like when I come back for you. Live, be strong in the strength of the Lord or in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Winston Churchill says that success is moving from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. Church, we have so much to be enthusiastic about because here's our destiny. Revelation 7, verse 9 through 12. This will be our reality one day. Hey, why don't we stand as we read these words? I'll read them for us. After this, I looked. Behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne of God, throne and worshiped God saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever, amen. In sports, a lot of times they say, trust the process, right? And as a Gator fan, that process keeps failing over and over again. But um, the truth is sometimes there's a lot of work. There's not a lot of seeing the rewards, but what you're doing is you're committing yourself to the process and trusting in the final product. This life is the process. We're ready and we're waiting, but the final product is the glory of Jesus fully revealed to us. That's where our strength comes. Let me just ask this this morning. If there's anybody in here, maybe you'd be bold to just say, I did, you don't need to say what it's about because that would take a long time. But just, I need some strength in the season that I'm in and something I'm going through. If you just slip up your hand. And keep that hand up for a second. Listen, if you're right next to them and just pray for them real quick. Sorry, I didn't tell you I was gonna do this, Justin. But I uh, also didn't tell you I was gonna quote, shake it off by Taylor Swift, but that's okay. Um, if you just pray for them, just pray for them. I'm gonna just a minute, we're gonna keep playing for a second. Just, somebody, just pray for those people who need strength. You don't need to ask them what's going on. Just, just pray over them. Somebody put your hand on the people whose hand is up. And pray. Keep it up so we can pray for you. And just somebody next to them, just pray over them. Just pray over them right now. I'm gonna give you about a minute. So, you know, Baptist prayer, quick. If you're not praying for somebody, just pray right now. Father, there are people waiting. There are people wondering. There are people working. There are people worrying in this room or watching us online. And I pray that no matter what, they'll be strong in the Lord 
and in the strength of your might. And God, that the beautiful picture of what it will be like to be with you would fuel a life lived right now. Thank you for coming to this earth that helps us see you fulfill your word. You fulfill your promises. And may we cling to that now where the only source of true strength comes from the name of Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.